podcast from Two and Mike is, I think it's really cool and um, that is what I wanted to say. Two and a mic. Today I'm joined by Svenja and Eileen from Flock, a startup movement geared towards assisting Flinter, or LGBTQIA+, as we say in English. It's a great concept, and I feel privileged to have had the opportunity of speaking with two very brave and driven people who have a real goal to achieve something valuable and so very beneficial to society. Thank you both very much for your time. And I really look forward to our next chat together too. I'm happily joined here today by Svenja and Aileen from an organization called Flock. Um, welcome, ladies, on a Sunday morning. Hey, good morning. Great to be here. An absolute pleasure. Um, and Aileen, are you with us? Hi, Zach. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's wonderful. You know, I'll, I'll speak about it earlier. It's you know, I'm really lucky to be able to speak to lots of different people and new people and new perspectives and new ideas. And both of you represent something very fresh and very new for me. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to, to, to learning from you about what you do. Um, so who wants to open up first? Who wants to tell me who you are? Eileen, go first. It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's my turn. Um, maybe we would like to issue a trigger warning at first. Yeah. Uh, because we are dealing with a sensitive topic with um, experiences and that should not burden anyone who has had uh, traumatic experiences and uh, the topic is sexual harassment. So, yeah, here we go. <laughs> so my name is Eileen Shakibi. I live in Berlin. I study at the Free University of Berlin, and I'm one of the four founders of Flock, a project that um, develops a matching app that brings Flinter together, especially in the evening and at night when they are alone on their way home or generally on their road, and they do not want to be alone because they simply feel, they simply feel more comfortable together with um, like-minded people. And the reason why is sexual harassment, like I mentioned, or coercion and targeted attacks on flinters in public spaces, um, especially when they are alone. So therefore we want to develop an app called Flock. Wonderful concept and a great name. Um, <laughs> could, um, yeah, could you also explain Flinter to the non-German speaking audience, um, what you are referring to when you say Flinter? Uh, yes, of course. So uh, maybe a short introduction to me before. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, I'm Svenja. I'm um, one of the co-founders of Flock. And yes, I'm doing the business part together with Eileen. And yeah, I'm also a master's student, but not in Berlin. I'm living in Bochum in Germany. And yeah, Flinter. Uh, yeah, as you already said, Psych Flinter is a German term. And um, it describes female, lesbian, intersexual, non-binary, transgender, and agender people. So in the end, all groups that are not 
um, cis male people and um, we address all of them and not only yeah, cis female people because all of them are vulnerable in a sense and um, yeah, our solution should help everybody who needs it and not only cis female people and this is why we address Flinta and you already asked what the meaning is and this is not the first time somebody is wondering about it and we had yeah great discussions in our team if we want to use this term or not but in the end we decided to do because we think it's important to raise awareness that feminism is not only about uh, yeah women it's about every gender and um, so this is why we yeah kind of use this unknown term on purpose so because the more we talk about it the more aware other people get and yeah so this is why we address Flinta in the end. Yeah I think it's wonderful that you are sort of expanding the principles behind feminism to also encompass these other genders. I have heard um, in the past that uh, some genders feel a little bit left out of the gender discussion. So when we talk about um, gender discrimination, clearly we talk about um, the inequalities between men and women, um, but that doesn't automatically also refer to the other gender. So it's fantastic that you are, um, you know, really pushing forward that within your idea but also the term flock um, as a result uh, takes on a, a new meaning doesn't it so this term flock it's a, it's a wonderful choice yes we think the same <laughs> so we feel <laughs> we want to create a flock a community a safe space for the community that's why we choose the word flock and the meaning is really deep and I think it fits totally to our project. Yeah, so also with Flock, I guess it's, yeah, the, the nice thing of the meaning is that um, when birds fly around as part of a flock, they, they feel safe together and they do it because they want to appear as a stronger group. And this is how we want to bring together Flinter so that they, um, yeah, feel stronger together. And this is why we chose it. And I mean, bird is also used in a, yeah, more negative sense sometimes I think but um, yeah we we want to use it so that we can reframe it and um, yeah also that it's a bit more stronger than maybe other um, security app names and um, yeah it's also what we want we want to create a strong community and not only a safe solution so yeah. Mm, yeah. And you know, clearly there will be some people who turn around and say, yeah, but men also get abused. Men also get uh, discriminated against. Um, I'm assuming that anybody who is or feels in some way um, discriminated against or abused or in some way victimized would be able to benefit from uh, the app. So uh, I don't think you necessarily exclude anybody do so yeah that's a really difficult topic um so of course we we don't deny that um also um yeah male people have this problem also that they get abused and stuff this is a serious problem as well and um yeah they also experience violence on the street and stuff so this is nothing we want to deny but our main goal is to create a safe space for the vulnerable groups the more vulnerable groups and this is Unfortunately, not possible if we include everybody because 
we are not able to provide a secure space if we have male people in there because you never know what happened and so yeah part of our solution is a id verification so that we can make sure who is using the app and who get registered and um yeah of course we are excluding some some male people who might need the solution yeah really important for example also homosexuals they are also a big vulnerable group and experience violence But um, yeah, at the moment right now, we are not able to uh, provide a secure solution with including everybody. But in the future, when we have yeah, more money, then we can storage the, um, the IDs and we can afford for that. And then we are able to include everybody and also male people who need a solution. But our first version, uh, yeah, unfortunately excluded this, uh, this groups, yeah. Okay, a wonderful explanation and, <laughs> and, and reason. No, of course, it's, it's important. There will be a question put out there. So it's, it's very important that men know it's not them that are automatically, if people are victimized in male, they are not automatically the ones who are um, excluded. It's the unfortunate situation that there are so many or potentially so many men who could also become um, abusers. Um, and, and a simple example of this is what unfortunately is happening to women and children who come from Ukraine yeah. seeking refuge. Um, and they are being preyed upon by men who set themselves up as uh, I, I will look after you and so on. Um, but really, they want to basically have a kind of sex slave at home. Um, and it's horrific. So you know, completely understandable reasoning yeah. Um, yeah. For, for that. Yeah, yeah that, there is a good example for that. that Yeah, illustrate is quite good, I would say. So imagine that you, you have a, a, a cake and there are different pieces and only one piece is toxic. Would you, would you try one of these pieces? I don't know. And so we, we kind of, uh, yeah, try to prevent, um, yeah, having somebody, a piece of this cake or, yeah, just make sure that uh, this toxic piece doesn't, Uh, yeah, again, part of our community, I would say. But of course, it doesn't mean that that everybody, um, yeah, is part of the problem. And really, it isn't. But yeah, there's just a likelihood that something happens. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. And very well put, actually. Um, and it has to be stressed that neither Svenja nor Aileen are native English speakers. Um, <laughs> and yet you are both you're both speaking so very well. Um, and I can only compliment you for for both the way that you speak, but also the courage for being able to speak about these kinds of topics in a non-native language. Um, because when I've whenever I've been learning the language, if I get emotional about a topic, I switch automatically to my native language because I just, I find it so difficult. So you, you're both doing so very well. Um, so my compliments um, on that basis. So we've, we're starting, we started to get a bit of an idea here about Flock. Um, do you want to tell us a bit more about it, Eileen? About the idea of Flock? Yeah. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about the problem with males, I was thinking of um, a study and uh, why we do not include men or male persons. Um, and there was one study from November, it's uh, that long ago, I think from November last year, and it's from the Criminological Research Institute, I think from um, Lower Saxony. And uh, that said that almost 
4,000 flinters experienced their appearance being judged or being stared at in the same, uh, at the last three months. Uh, and more than half had been insulted based on gender. They also been subjected as uh, sexual advances and more than 40% had been called sexist names. So just under half of them were followed and experienced other problems um, where also close physical harassment was. And a good quarter of them classified themselves as Flinter or LGBTQAI+. So, so unfortunately, it is obviously an intentionally trivialization of um, by society. And like they told, they are telling us, don't be so sensitive uh, from, from catcallings or dress differently at night, don't go out that late. So there are a lot of phrases we hear as flinter and that's obviously invading our privacy and often said by people who have never had experience like this and most of the perpetrators are unfortunately male persons. So that's the reason why we exclude men. To, to make it clear, we have statistics that prove it and um, we have a reason why we don't want to, to, to open our idea to everybody, to, to, to give them access. Like uh, Svenja said with the cake, yeah. <laughs> one, one piece is toxic and uh, so we have to be careful. But maybe now we talked a lot about what we don't want in our community. <laughs> maybe we should talk about what we want in our community. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so um, I guess our our practical solution got kind of clear. I mean, Alan yeah, already yeah, described it in the, in the introduction. But um, as we said, our, our solution is more than only having a matching app. Our solution should be a, a community, a safe space where people um, yeah, raise awareness together and where like-minded people can exchange about their experience. And um, yeah, so one approach we also have, so we, we don't want to uh, um, develop the solution on our own. We already want to include the uh, target group and the community in our process. And so uh, beside this solution, we have some community events where we also talk about such topics that are related to gender equality in general. For example, the last event was together with Cat Calls of Germany. Um, this is yeah, an organization that raises awareness to um, yeah, verbal sexual harassment on, um, yeah, on streets and um, this is also something that's really important to us that we not only address the problem that women or flinter need to go home alone, we also want to address the structural problem laying under it because in the end flinter should not adapt to solve the problem. In the end, the society needs to change that flinter yeah, don't have this problem anymore. And this is why we... Um, yeah, we want to raise awareness with our community for a structural problem. We talk to the people, we have these events. Um, we also um, try to raise some awareness on social media um, to connect people there. And this is also a big part of what we are doing. So not only the app development, but also the more political structural work behind it.
And um, to be more specific how the app works, um, we are the flock app Flimta can match up with an identical or similar route and walk, cycle, or use public transport together. Um, users can enter the time, destination, and desired transport and are suggested possible companions. So, so that's what our apps, uh, our flock app can do. And um, after an intermediate verification, the users can discuss further details via chat and walk together the route. Yeah, wonderful. Um, yeah, it makes absolute sense um, also that you are um, developing or creating a network where you can bring together these different um, organizations, like-minded organizations. Mm. Um, but you both mentioned there catcalling and obviously the organization named Cat Calls of Germany. How offensive is it to you as, as a woman walking down the street, um, to, you know, maybe past a building site, which is the, that's the cliche, isn't it? When there's a building site and, uh, you know, women walk past and all the men be, oh, look at that. Um, but it's not only men who build, uh, you know, houses and stuff who are capable of doing these things. Um, you know, but how, how offensive is it for, for a woman walking down the street for somebody to, you know, cat call? in their direction? For me, it's really offensive, I would say. I mean, um, personally, it also really depends on the situation. Uh, to be honest, when it's by day and it's crowded, of course, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's offensive, it really is, but I don't get that scared as I am walking alone at night. And this is also something people should be aware of when they approach a flinter on street that even if it's just a nice comment or compliment, just don't do it when it's at night and the person is alone. This is not the right place to make any compliment, even if it, there is a nice, uh, nice purpose behind it or something. This is just something where people um, get, yeah, yeah, get scared or where they yeah, feel treated in their personal, uh, personal space and their personal um, borders. And, yeah, so for me, it really depends on the situation. But in general, um, yeah, it's really offensive getting catcalled. And it's really something I I don't also, I don't feel taken serious or respected, to be honest. Yeah, lots of good points there, Svenja. Um, I remember once speaking with a student and uh, the student said to me or asked me what I was going to be doing because I always ask my students the same question. And this one came back and I said, yeah, tonight I'm going to go for a run after whatever time. And she looked at me with like, big eyes and said, wow, you go for a run at nighttime. Um, and this is the first time that I've reflected upon this. That's you know, for, for women um, in uh, a large urban setting, it's not always uh, comfortable for them to go out for a run on their own. Um, and, and this really sort of ties into you know, a lot of what you're saying. Is it possible to say that, for example, it's not just in itself the cat call that's the problem, even though that is enough to be insulting? But it's also the potential associated violence that could thereafter follow if the person who's calling, shall we say, um, doesn't get the response that he, and invariably it's a male, um, gets. So, you know, it starts with a cat call, but then what yeah. happens potentially? Totally. And we, we already, we um, did a survey on that. So, and asked, um, yeah, people where they are afraid about when they are out at night. And most of them really 
said it's, it's sexual harassment and on the second place it's verbal sexual harassment so it's kind of the introduction to it I would say and um, it just gives you this unsafe feeling of of course there, there's something happening here right now I don't have control, control over it I know what happened to some of my friends maybe we know all of the stories for example yeah what happened in the UK um, and all of the stuff and of course then people associate this with um, yeah with what could happen afterwards is it sexual harassment is it rape or whatever and um, so yeah catcalling is definitely the start um, into it I would say yeah mm. and when you say the UK you mean the uh, the very very sad um, rape and murder of Sarah Everard by a yes. police officer yeah okay yeah all right um, yeah the, I don't have words to explain that, but I mean, when you have people who you expect to protect the community, carry out the very crimes they're supposed to protect that community from, um, I think that really knocks back organizations that seek to um, find safety um, within an institution. Um, and, and it's mm -hmm. horrific. It's horrific. Um, and similar incidences, obviously, that the church carried out. Um, so, you know, these are things that should never happen. Um, Eileen, it's also quite a, a personalized thing for you, isn't it? The, um, you know, the, the, the program that you've got, the service that you want to create, it, it means something you know, very much to you as well, personally, doesn't it? Yes, 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 it does. Of course it does. And um, yeah, and again, a trigger warning, maybe I should tell a personal story. And um, yeah, I experienced it myself. And it started when I was a teenager, to be honest, but um, yeah, like in the study, I'm one of the women who experienced it more, more than one time in life. So yeah, I wouldn't know where to start. And honestly, just thinking back on it, it doesn't make me feel good, but I think it's important to, to speak about this um, experiences because we have a big taboo. Uh, still in Germany and we should break it and yeah what comes to my mind first is the case when I rejected a strange man who approached me at a tramway station so however he did not let go even when I ignored him so he followed me into the tramway yelled at me and in my distress I got off the next, uh, next station tramway station and um, there I saw two women speaking to another and I asked if I could join them and stand next to them just for a moment and they totally understand and um, yeah that strange guy was waiting for me obviously but a few minutes later he left and I was really happy and released um, so uh, but yeah what can I say so I think that was my first vlog <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, and also the inspiration for the idea i had at the university ah, okay all right yeah that's very important also uh, for us to, to to kind of have a, a sense of of where the concept comes from um and also for understanding uh, in many ways the need for it and also the need for establishing the limitation. So, Svenja, you just said there about um, that you, you feel uh, it's important that 
men realize this. You're not happy at this stage to have to say, sorry, we've got to exclude anybody uh, yeah. from, from the flock because your idea is not to exclude people. Your idea is actually to proactively protect the vulnerable. Um, and, and this is what people have to understand. It's, it's also a bit like um, in the USA where, with the movement for Black Lives Matter and then other people came out with, but actually all lives matter. Yeah, but the question wasn't then that all lives were under threat. Black lives were under threat. And that's why they needed to be, um, yeah, they needed the focus of attention um, on that particular situation. And here, quite clearly, it's similar. Um, it's Flinter, which is essentially uh, under threat and not men. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, the thing is that, for our solution, this really works. And this is also, of course, you can say, okay, who cares about, uh, I don't know, the men who feel uh, insulted by us because we exclude them. I mean, we could be like this, but in the end, when we want to solve the structural problem, we need to have everybody in the boat and not only um, the people who have the problem. We need to have a, a structural, a societal, um, yeah, movement and need to make a change in, in a bigger sense and um, yeah this is why it's also important that, that men are stay by our side and uh, and change something also if you have a friend and he is catcalling someone say something stand up for the woman there and say uh, come on dude this is don't do it it's just not funny so, and this is really important that in every friend group, you also have this, um, this male allies who, um, yeah, who, who stay with us, who stay with our community. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and also the majority of Flinters suffer from it and not men. And um, what we want is to take back our freedom as a community. And our co-founder, Julien, summed it up with the slogan, bring back the says I really love. So it means like, we don't want to be restricted anymore. The change is coming by empowering each other. And yeah, I think uh, Bring Back Success is a really good slogan for us. Mm. Um, and it's also a question about, um, you know, listening to, to one another, um, respecting, not interrupting, because I, I hear it quite a lot from people that I speak with um, when they actually get to talk to me one to one. And you see that they're a bit upset and you say, what happened? Like, yeah, my boss kept on interrupting me. Um, I, 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 you know, my male colleagues were never interrupted, but every time I tried to say something, I was interrupted. Um, you know, we should actively tell our teammates also, or our boss, or even relatives, you know, listen to your either siblings or listen to, you know, your mother as well, or your auntie, um, because people have to realize that everyone has the same value. Um, and the earlier we learn this within our lives, the easier it is for society to develop in a more harmonious fashion. Um, so you're absolutely right. Um, we all have to come together. Uh, essentially and it's uh yeah it's long overdue so i'm i'm that's why i'm so happy that um you know i have the opportunity of speaking with you you know as you go through the process um of developing this wonderful project um which naturally leads us to eileen you also telling us which stage you're at basically okay um yeah so where are we right now um, yeah, we have spent several months right now on developing on the idea and prototyping and 
Now um, we are in the process of testing the prototype or paper prototype um, with our community at events, like uh, Svenja mentioned, and we want to adapt it to their needs. So in our eyes, it makes sense right now to create an app with the community for the community. And therefore we want to create events. And the next goal is of course, um, testing the app with the community and taking yeah, part of uh, various competitions and attract more attention in this way. So that at the end of the year, we can um, put the MVP to the ultimate test with our focus group and yeah, get the results to create the best vlog app we have in mind. <laughs> mm. and, and here I should also say this is kind of how we actually met, Aileen, isn't it? Because um, Anna introduced us because you, um, you wanted to take part in the Safe Spaces Hackathon. Um, and I think they had just closed the um, the registration period, and um, and I think at that point was when you got to know, you heard about it through Anna, um, and and Anna contacted me on that basis. Um, can you just quickly talk about the the hackathon and your experience from that event? Ah, uh, the Safe Circles hackathon. Yes, yeah. Safe Circles. Yeah. Yes, yes, Safe Circles hackathon was um, yeah. It was based in London, but was held online. That was the reason why Julien and I could um, join it, and it was really fun. I think we had two weeks to create or recreate our idea we um, already had, and um, yeah, it was really it. Um, it was a chance for us to, to, to grow as a team because uh, at that point we were only two and we needed more. Yeah, we needed um, yeah, people who understand our message and support us um, also by developing it or programming. So um, yeah, we wanted to scale up. And there we met Greta, who is our third co-founder. She's taking care of programming and um, app and website. And she was also totally into this idea, uh, like us to change the situation that women feel uncomfortable and restricted at night. And um, for this, the hackathon was really nice to meet her, to, to grow as a team and to um, rethink and, and um, create this business plan in a short time. So it was really fun. I think um, the moderation or, or the um, Safe Circus Hackathon was yeah, made up by Lorena and Christina. So I hope the names are right. <laughs> and yeah, we, at the end, um, we had the fourth place. We, we were the winner of the fourth place. So um, can I say it like this? You, you just did. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it was it was really nice because we we were we weren't the only team with the with this idea, to be honest. So there are there have been a few teams, but um, our idea was a bit more. I don't know. It um, was more catchy. I think I, I have no idea, but uh, I, I liked it. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> Yeah, good. A wonderful experience. Um, and also great to, to be able to emerge um, within a group of like-minded people too. So um, yeah, that, that also says a lot about um, 
the movement, the need, because clearly if there was no need, then all of these different people would not have come together. Um, but then also about how sort of polished um, your concept is. Um, so you know, clearly um, you know, there is a wonderful development in, in your idea and what you're doing. Um, and you also talk there about so bringing the team together. So you've spoken about yourself with Julian and, and Greta, did you say? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, and uh, Svenja, what about you? When did you jump into the team? Yeah, so I have a slightly different journey. So I started off on my own in December 2020. And um, yeah, also needed a co-founder and then I found one and we developed this idea together, did market research, already um, built up a brand and everything. And um, then uh, uh, last December, so December 2021, um, my co-founder, she, um, yeah, she weren't able to um, continue the project because of time issues. And so, um, ah, yeah, maybe we should also mention Verena. She was also, or she is still part of the team. She's our social media manager and does a great job there. And um, yeah, so we were just both of us. And um, yeah, I was kind of struggling what I should do now because it's a lot of work to do it on my own. And I'm also, I'm a team player and I need somebody by my side who is supporting me and I can support. And we have this, um, yeah, just develop this idea together. And then Aylan contacted me <laughs> because um, we had this um, event together with Ketkas of Germany, I guess. And this is how she got to know us. And um, then we just had a talk and we were like, wow, we have the same idea, the completely same idea. We have the same values. And um, so we decided to just cooperate and to do it together because, I mean, we want to build a community where people support each other. Why shouldn't we do the same in our team? And so, um, yeah, this was how we met and how we decided to continue our journey um, accompanied. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and, and how hard is it? So, because you're in Bochum, so Eileen's in Berlin. Um, I guess there are, you know, there may even be other um, cities uh, within your network. Uh, how hard is it for you to plan? Because I, I know I'm trying to get, I'm, I'm an old um, baby because I'm trying to get back into video gaming. So, you know, understa <laughs> understanding how developers find it difficult to have worked um, on a specific technical project from different zones and different areas it's really tough for them it's really delayed a lot of their processes um are you facing a similar struggle with regards to sort of the technical development of your of your project because you're so far apart yeah i mean i guess eileen and i we are not the best people here to speak about the technical development because we are doing the business part but um yeah, so just coming together as a team is sometimes really difficult because also none of us is doing this full time. So all of us are studying besides this or are employed or something. And um, yeah, so Greta, she is living in London. Verena is in Stuttgart. Julia is also in Berlin. And so we have four cities and yeah, we have regular meetings and stuff, but um, it was really hard also at the beginning to find a, a good rhythm, how we work and how we divide the teams, because now we are quite big team and um, 
yeah, we really had to structure, okay, who is in charge of what, who is meeting for which stuff so that not everybody needs to get involved with anything. So yeah, this was kind of hard, but now I think it's, it works out quite well. So um, we are able to Zoom, we have Slack as a communication <laughs> channel and uh, yeah. So now I think it's working, but at the beginning it was really hard. And of course, it's also really sad that I'm not able to have a beer with this great people after work. So yeah, but I think um, in summer, maybe we're gonna find a time to meet each other in person. Yeah. So you've never all actually met together? You've never? Okay. No, never, never ever. <laughs> wow. That's cool. I mean, it's it's brilliant, though, to be able to develop such, uh, I suppose, you know, warm relations in, in many ways um, from, uh, from such a distance. Um, I mean, I can only put that down to a heightened sense of empathy, but um, yeah, and clearly commitment to, um, to a similar goal. Um, must help a lot in, in building up that team spirit and team value. Yeah, and it's also so interesting to see um, also, yeah, the perspective of Greta, for example, who's living in the UK, because even if we um, address the same problem and have the same thing all over the world, um, the stage of how aware people are and how people treat this topic is slightly different. And so it's... Uh, yeah, it's really enriching for us to um, to yeah have this international team so that we create a solution that we can scale in the end so that everybody can make use of it and not only people in Germany like for example I did before I met the, my other team members. So yeah. Okay, um, and Julian is is from France. Is that correct? So he's living in Berlin. I guess he's half France, half German, right, Alien? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, and and so interesting point there from Svenja. Um, Aiden, if you, um, because you met Greta, I guess, at the at Safe Circle. So before I'd used the wrong name, uh, it's Safe Circles. Um, how di how different is the sort of the UK? approach currently and the German approach is, is, can you put a finger on it is, is there something you can identify um at the beginning of the safe circle cyclotron I I realized that it's a big topic I mean sexual harassment catcalling and um so on it's, it's a big topic in UK and they are really aware of this topic and um we are and we have to work on it in Germany so it's not Everywhere in Europe, the same situation. <clears throat> I mean, we talked about this horrible case of Sarah before, and um, that's one of the reasons why I think in Germany we are not so aware of it or we ignore it somehow. I, I don't know what's happening right here. I, I, can, I can't understand, to be honest, but I, I realized that in UK they are really aware also in um, the states and um, for us it was really good I mean we are of course we are aware of this topic and um, for this I think it is simply good to have a lot of heads um, to question and analyze such a big social misunderstanding even um, between the countries and to find the right questions and answers why and um, what can we do and so that's why it's so important to have so many different international minds in our team. And um, yeah, we are, we are still 
um, searching for the for the answers, to be honest, because for me, it's not clear why we are not talking about this topic this intensive like UK does. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, could it be down to I mean, we we we. we we can't, when we were talking about the the episodes, we said that we wouldn't discuss the the different concepts and forms of feminism, um, f- which is fair enough. Um, f- from my understanding, though, just to make a perhaps a, a potential observation, uh, is it possible that because there's um, so much more emphasis on um, this, so I suppose, either American feminism or the sort of Anglo-Saxon feminist approach, which is a bit more perhaps direct or more direct than it has been in, in Europe. Um, could this directness have been a reason why it's, it was forced um, uh, into the mainstream as a topic that has to be discussed? Um, and is this perhaps also why politicians in the UK have for a long time been more aware of this issue? Um, and the reason why I say politicians is because most most people outside of Germany would not be aware that the main leader of the opposition in Germany, somebody called Merz, talked about feministische Außenpolitik in such a disparaging way um, yeah. that if if in the UK um, Sir Keir Starmer had said something so disrespectful towards women, he'd have lost his position as the leader of the opposition. Um, and so therefore, there is a completely different cultural approach in Germany to some some of these issues. It still surprises me that Metz can continue as uh, his party's leader, having made such an openly disrespectful comment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, unfortunately, the example of Metz illustrates quite well that there is still this conservative group in our society that has this sexist mindset. And this group is unfortunately represented in our politics. And this is why politicians like Merz are still successful. And from my point of view, it's really alarming that such degradating statements are still tolerated in Germany. But I want to refer to another point you mentioned, the directness of feminism, because I think this is a really important point and might be a reason why um, feminism in UK is more popular and um, successful also. But to be honest, from my personal point of view, I'm not sure if being more direct is the right approach to bring feminism to the mainstream in Germany. Because when you talk to people or yeah, also Angela Merkel, they often say, yeah, I'm, I'm part of, uh, or I support gender equality, but I'm not a feminist they hesitate to call themselves a feminist because they associate this um, this term with the more radical movement in the 1970s. And this was a really important movement and it was important that it was the direct and radical. But nowadays I have the feeling that many people are afraid to commit to such a yeah, radical group because they don't know enough about it and are afraid of being radical in general or yeah making some aggressive statements and also Merkel she just confesses to feminism towards the end of her period in government and yeah you can also have a look at social media there there are direct postings and aggressive postings but they only reach a certain bubble and not the mainstream and therefore I think 
a way to bring feminism to the mainstream would be a more objective and factual debate about it. But yeah, this is only my, my personal opinion and I'm sure there are more experts who have another opinion on that. Um, yeah, but nevertheless, it would be really enriching to just analyze the development in UK and the States and um, yeah, find out the reasons why feminism became more popular there. And it would be great to talk with Greta about this and how she perceives the situation. But yeah, I don't know, Aileen, what do you think about it? Uh, do you have a specific reason why there is still this difference between UK and Germany? No, I had the same in mind. Also, I think in our society, it's a problem that you first have to prove that you were actually the victim. That's a mm. big problem right here. So, I mean, sexual harassment triggers charm feelings. Can I say it like this? Charm feelings? Um, charm gefühl. And this It's the reason why we are not talking so openly about it. And that's that's um, isolating us and makes official figures of such offenses not appear in statistics. You know what I mean? It's a vicious circle. So we are not talking about it. It's not clear for everybody what's happening. So um, we have to explain our um, that we are victims. And, and that's a problem. Why should we explain that we are victims? So I... I have, again, an experience in mind, but I'm, I'm not sure to, to tell it right now. It um, was also a moment in my life where I realized we have a problem because nobody, not nobody, but most of the people who did not experience this cannot imagine how it is. Yeah, as, as uh, Svenja has just uh, translated the, the term that you used, a sense of shame. Um, so that's what you're referring to. So that um, lots of victims of abuse do not come forward because they feel embarrassed. Um, and sometimes they also feel horrifically, it's therefore responsible for what happened. And this is also why uh, they don't come forward, especially when the aggressor um, is somebody that is known to them, which unfortunately also happens all, all too often. Um, so, yeah, so the statistics are skewed, essentially. So whatever we officially see as the figures for abuse, it's actually a lot worse than that, isn't it? Of course, yeah. And um, the statistic is not full. I mean, like you said, we, the most of the victims, I said like victims, but um, the most of the flinters who experience this feel ashamed of it. So they are not talking about it. They are not telling anybody. I mean, like I said, we often hear the phrases, uh, don't rest like this, don't go out so late, so what's your problem? And um, yeah. So yeah. All the balanced statistics. But this is like a, a really, a very old um, and I'd say boring excuse. I, I, I say why I use those words, because I, I was watching a documentary a year ago on the Yorkshire Ripper. Um, and this was uh, something that happened in the 70s. And, you know, we're talking in the UK, there was, you know, the time of sort of feminism and women really standing up and taking control of their, their lives. And, and while the, the Ripper was still at large um, and attacking women, um, the police would suggest to women, don't go out on your own, take a man with you. Yeah, uh, women should not be out on their own without a man. And so therefore there was this, you know, and also some of the victims were, I think one of the victims perhaps was a prostitute, but um, it was almost 
inferred that the women who were being attacked were of low morality or um, were basically asking for it if they're out at a certain time. You know, as in, we're talking 50 years ago, this was basically how, not directly what the police said, but it, you could kind of read into it, yeah? And then some journalists took it upon themselves to expand on that in a, you know irresponsible manner, of course. Um, but values haven't changed too much, really, have they? I mean, if, if you see a woman walking down the street and she's wearing whatever she chooses to wear, um, already a man, if, if he's wearing a skirt, whatever, um, you know, people are still automatically judgmental, aren't they? I guess they are. And this is what I also wanted to add. You were talking about 50 years ago, but unfortunately, in some sense, I don't have the feeling that it changed that much. Um, and I mean, the thing is, it's not only about judgment, it's also about blaming. So victims often get blamed for or asked, what did you wear when they experienced sexual harassment? There's also a great um, exhibition on that and an Instagram channel that shows the clothing of the people who got raped. And this shows so clearly that there is no correlation between the outfits and the happening. And this is something we always have to keep in mind. And also, yeah, flinters have to keep in mind. So many flinters, unfortunately, restrict themselves and are thinking, oh, can I wear it? Is it too sexy? Uh, how, to, how do people or especially men perceive it if I wear such a sexy outfit? But in the end, we really have to keep in mind that never the victim has to fold for what happens. The, the clothing and what you're wearing is never the reason for getting raped. The reason is always the bad behavior of the raper or the catcaller. And this is something which is really, really important. And yeah, it's a message I really want to send out here. Please don't restrict yourself because of the looks or the catcalling or something else. The men have to. Um, to adjust. They have to change their behavior and stop catcalling you. Your outfit is not an invitation and therefore please let's support each other and say you look great in this, let's wear it and um, yeah, don't restrict yourself and your freedom and your sass <laughs> uh, yeah, because, um, because of the looks or catcalls or yeah, maybe even sexual harassment. Mm. Yeah. Well, definitely, whoever is um, victimized or the recipient of abuse is never at fault. Yeah, and, and, and this is something that has to be highlighted, regardless of what they're wearing, regardless of what they say. There's no justification for yeah. anybody to feel they have a right to abuse or force themselves or their views um, on other people, especially when you're out to have fun. I mean, just the you know the pure. Um, thought that after all of these years, um, you know, of, of a pandemic as well, people are going to be, I mean, this summer, you know, a lot of people are going to be going out there and, you know, just letting their hair down and just going crazy and having fun. Um, they should be allowed to do so. And, and I, I'm already, I already feel sorry for those people who are going to experience abuse because they are going to experience abuse this summer as well, when they should actually just be having fun. Yeah. yeah. Which, which brings us on to the next point, which is basically what are the next steps then um, for the Flock app? Um, 
what have you set up as your as your as the deadline when do you think it will become widely available what what kind of uh, you know what kind of timeline are we looking at like i mentioned um now we are in the testing phase so we are testing it with the community and we want to be 100% clear that we have a perfect app for our community created from our community and if we are at the point that we have the best solution and security um, uh, developed, then I think we are at the end of the year um, ready for our MVP. So that was the plan. And next year we want to release. So that's the plan right now. I mean, it can change. It depends on our events, our community events and um our prototype developing and uh, MVP and so on. But um, in this case, security is most important for us. And we have to be 100% clear that everybody is in a safe space if they are using Flock app. So, mm. yeah. And also people should know outside Germany, especially that within Germany, uh, data security and data privacy, privacy are very, very huge factors when coming up with anything technical. Um, and so therefore, this is something that you will automatically cover. Um, so anybody who wants to download the app when it's available from outside of Germany um, shouldn't have to worry too much. But obviously, it always makes sense to check things for where you are, but um, very, very high sense of uh, data privacy in Germany. Um, and also, where can people find out a bit more about you? So if we can you know, head towards the you know, media awareness uh, element, how can people join with your network? How can people come and speak with you themselves? Where can they find you? Yeah, so um, on Instagram um, is a great platform to find us. So the name is the underline flock underline app. <laughs> and it uh, would be great if some of you joins our next community event. I guess it's in May. We don't have a fixed date yet, but we release it there. And so it would be great if you uh, would like to discuss with us about these topics we mentioned here and to hear about your experience and also your opinion about our prototype and what you're missing, what you like and all of the stuff. And um, yes, um, our website is www.flogoff.app. And um, yeah, can, you can also subscribe there to get um, all of the further information to keep updated about our progress. And yeah, we are always happy to get in contact with people and also um, if you have some critique or something you want to add on what we said here, uh, feel free to contact us. We are always open to learn and uh, discuss this topic also with you. So, yeah. Wonderful. And I will also put um, that your contact data um, in the podcast notes as well so that people can see it there and they'll be able to click on those uh, directly. Um, yeah, and um, Aileen, any last thoughts from, from yourself? We as a team want to create awareness for this topic we talked about with Flock. And we are taking an offensive approach by creating a safe space together with the Flock community, uh, where the aim is um, to empower each other and give back a positive attitude towards life. So I would be happy to see new followers on Instagram or um, yeah, you can join us as well on LinkedIn. Name is Join the Flock. And yeah, I'm 
I will. I have to thank you, Zach, for having us. It was really great to have this podcast with you. It's our first podcast. Yeah, <laughs> which is a great privilege for me to have been able to to host uh, both of you for the for the first time. And what's great is that we're going to do a bit of a series, so um, you know we'll be able to follow you as you continue your uh, your fantastic path towards the creation of this app, and hopefully beyond that as well. Um, because you've all got such interesting stories to tell. Um, I, I'm just really looking forward to it. So I actually thank you for the opportunity of speaking with you, getting to know you, um, because I think that, um, you know, I'm directly the one who benefits, uh, but also anybody who listens to, to this podcast, they will also benefit from hearing about the great work that you're doing. So I thank both of you uh, for coming on and talking to me. Yeah, thanks also from my side again. It was so great and so interesting to talk about these topics. And maybe we should keep up on this um, slightly difference between UK and Germany with feminism. Maybe Greta could join next time because I really want to know what is the reason for this difference <laughs> there. And so, yeah, maybe to be continued, maybe you'll find out the reason in the next episode. Who knows? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. A wonderful cliffhanger there. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, both of you. You're both fantastic to come on and talk with me um, in such a articulate fashion, um, especially when you're talking about such uh, emotional and important topics and you, uh, you're brilliant in your communications. So thank you again. Um, and until next time. Bye bye, thanks. Bye. Two and a mic. Two and a mic.